Hello and welcome into this episode of the Post Game Podcast. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to be going over some NBA playoffs once again. We'll give you guys uh, our thoughts on the Bucks and Nets and everything else uh, whenever it comes to the NBA. We also got some uh, some stuff on the MLB and what we think about Jacob DeGrom, how crazy good he is, and also uh, I know... We missed out on the Julio Jones trade by one day, so we got some stuff on that. Also some UFC, and also with the college football playoffs. Uh, We're going to be talking about that, so stay tuned, and let's get right into it. Hello, and welcome back into the Post Game Podcast. I am your host, Cody Barnes, and with me is our other host, Dylan. Say what's up, Dylan. What's up? We are super excited about today. Um, we're going to be going over some NBA, MLB, a uh, little bit of NFL, and also some UFC once again. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if uh, you were able to watch the Suns game from last night, but that was a just ridiculous game by the Suns. I'm not sure if you were able to watch that or not. Um, I was unable to watch it, but... I heard Dude. it was a great game, and I heard they, the Suns put on a show. They did. So, Devin Booker, I think he had, like, 28, and then Chris Paul had 27, and just, like, everybody put a whole bunch of points in. Uh, it was kind of sad because it was Nikola Jokic's um, – also, he won the MVP. I don't think I've said that yet. But uh, Jokic won the MVP, and so he was being awarded the MVP <laughs> trophy last night. And they kind of spoiled that. And now the Suns are up 3-0 on the Nuggets. Um, dude, Jokic, though, had a game and a half. I mean, he had 32 points, 20 boards, and 10 assists. Like, he he put it all out there. And uh, it's just the rest of the Nuggets team just was like, yeah, I guess we'll show up maybe next game. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't realize the Suns were that good. Um, I mean, they, they looked – I mean – CP3 looked really, really good. I mean, he he was 9 of 16. Um, and then, obviously, you got Devin Booker, who's just a baller. True. And, um, I mean, they, they just, they from what I've heard, and from looking at the stats, because I didn't watch the game, unfortunately, like, they looked really good. They looked sharp. Um, and for the Nuggets, I mean, yeah, I feel bad for Jokic. I mean, he went off. I mean, yeah, and he he won MVP and rightfully so. I think he was very clear MVP. Um, oh yeah, for sure. So, yeah, those are. He was also thoughts. the first MVP or first center to win MVP since Shaq. So um, that's crazy. Also, I don't know if you saw this, but there were a whole bunch of uh, like videos of when Jokic got drafted because he got drafted in the second round. So obviously, they're not going to like Adam Silver isn't going to go up there and announce every second round pick. Um, and during his draft and whenever they put his name up there, there was a Taco Bell commercial and it was for the Quesarito. It cracked me up because Quesarito <laughs> was trending on Twitter. And I was like, Taco Bell's bringing back the Quesarito. Let's go. And then I looked and it just was about Jokic and the fact that Quesarito commercial was going on when he got drafted. I was like, well, that's pretty fitting. That's hilarious. But, uh, that yeah, hilarious. I was like, this is this is great. Um, but, yeah, so that's the Suns. I mean, I, I would be surprised if they didn't 
wrap it up um, in the next yeah. game. Just swept them 4-0, go on to the conference finals. I mean, I, I really like Devin Booker. Um, I, I like a lot of the Suns players, so in general I've been kind of rooting for them. Um, plus, Chris Paul is the point god, so you, I mean, you kind of got to root for him. But um, I hope maybe like Michael Carter Jr. comes out and plays a lot better because he did not play very well in their last game against the Suns. Um, yeah. But, I mean, really, I just I, – I, I would really like to see the Suns and the Jazz play, and we'll talk about the Jazz in just a little bit uh, in the conference finals. But, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully Michael Porter Jr. shoots better than 5 for 13 in their next game. So uh, that was that was pretty bad. But, um, yeah. Do you have anything else? No, I just, I just wanted, yeah. I, I think if the Suns don't wrap it up, that would be very weird. Yeah. And kind of like maybe very they're trying surprising. to do a gentleman sweep, you know? Just yeah. Four one, win it back. Yeah. In, in Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> be a little bit nice and just like let yeah. them win a few. Yeah, we'll let you get a win. It's okay, guys. Just like win like one forty to eighty in like the last game. <laughs> and like, haha, nice yeah. try. We thought a we'd of a give you a chance for a second, but then we decided not to. Just kidding. Aha. Yeah, exactly. Um, but next series is uh, the 76ers are now up 2-1 to one on the Hawks. Um, I mean, like, we were, we were pretty much talking about it. It would be really surprising if the Hawks ended up winning um, the series against the 76ers. As long as Joel Embiid is healthy, um, I mean, the 76ers team is just nuts. And I mean, you have guys like – Fort, uh, what was it, Fork on Korkmaz? I think that's his first name. Uh, yeah. Him and Dwight Howard had great games off the bench, and Dwight Howard played like 13 minutes, and he had like 15 points and like seven boards. And it's like, if you got guys coming off the bench like that, and you have Tobias Harris playing a good game, Ben Simmons playing well, Seth Curry shooting lights out like usual, like, it's just, that's going to be hard to beat for the Hawks, who it's like, if, as long as Trey Young... I think as long as Trey Young is held under 30 points, uh, the other team's going to win, like no matter what. If Trey Young scores over 30, it's going to be a little bit closer of a game or even the Hawks could win. But I don't know. I I mean, just with the 76ers, you have so many lockdown defenders that, I mean, you have Ben Simmons who has like how many inches? Like probably seven, eight inches on Trey Young and he's guarding him. Like, it's just – it's just nuts, but yeah. no, yeah. I I agree with you. I, when uh Atlanta won the first game, I was like, what? I, I'm <laughs> not gonna lie, I got a, a tiny bit nervous, but then the Sixers, you know, just did their thing and won the next two games, and oh, yeah. yeah. And also, I can't believe you you did my boy dirty, not mentioning Matisse Thybulle. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I don't want to be. I might be. I might be uh, a bit of a homer, but um. Matisse Thibel, in my opinion, he's one of the best, like, or he was when he was at UW, like, he was the best defender easily in the Pac-12, maybe in the entire country. Um, yeah, no, he's, watch, he's a great watch, defender. Yeah, if you if you watch him play defense, I mean, it's just like, he he'll, what happens is he'll, like, he'll fall for, like, a pump fake, but then he recovers so quickly and just, like, comes from behind and blocks someone, or, he, I mean, he gets... He, he gets a lot of steals, too. I mean, he's a very good defender. His shooting and his uh, ball handling is – or his ball handling specifically isn't the best. 
and yeah. his shooting is very inconsistent. But if he could get his shooting consistent, he he'll be he'll be a great. I mean, he already is a great like player off the bench. Yeah. Um, anyways, I don't want to talk too much and be a homer about uh, Matisse Thybulle, but I well, he's he was so fun to watch in in college. I I I do like Matisse Thybulle. Whoops, I hit my mic. Um, but I do like Matisse Thybulle, and kind of what I think he could be is like um, like obviously. He's never going to be like Clay Thompson, but what I'm like kind of am comparing him to is Clay Thompson is a very good three and D player, and like I think Matisse is better on the defensive end than Clay Thompson is on the defensive end, but then Clay is obviously significantly better on the shooting end. If like Matisse Seibel can just work on his three point shot and just become a three and D like master on that, I think he'll be. I mean, he could get paid a ton just to be three and D because of how well he plays defense. And then if he can like even shoot like thirty five percent from three and just be you know like efficient when shooting threes, I mean, he can make a ton of money and he could be really really good doing what he does and playing that role. Because there's not a whole lot of players nowadays that just have like a specific role and they're like, okay, this is what you do really well, so just like stick to that because like. Um, Mikhail Bridges with the Suns, yeah. he's yep. the same way. Like, he's a 3D player, and that's what he does well, and so that's what he sticks to. And it's like the same thing with uh, DeAndre Hunter, who's out in this series against the 76ers. Like, with them losing him, that 3D potential from a, like, a bigger guy, because, I mean, he would guard Ben Simmons, he would guard Tobias Harris, and... Since nobody's on Tobias Harris, Tobias Harris is kind of just, you know, rocking the Hawks right now because who's guarding him? John Collins, who doesn't know how to play defense, or Danilo Gallinari, who also doesn't know how to play defense. So it's like, I mean, Tobias Harris has nobody that knows how to play defense on him now that DeAndre Hunter's gone. So um, I don't know. The Hawks are in a really, really rough spot because really the only bench production that they have at the current moment is Gallinari. Um, and everybody else on the bench is just not good, and they were hoping that they would be better. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, they're starting Solomon Hill, so that's... Um, hey, don't be bashing Solomon Hill. He dude, scored one point. Okay? He scored see, one point. That's, that's, that's better than thing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was one guarding Tobias Harris, and Tobias Harris shot 10 for 16. Like, what? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think they thought maybe Lou Will was going to be a little bit more of a contributor off the bench, and he just hasn't really done a whole lot. And then Kevin Herter, I mean, he shot one for six in this last game. Yeah. And one for five from deep, and that's kind of what he's supposed to be good at. And, uh, yeah. you know, he's not playing very well. So, I don't know. I, I think this series is going to be over in five. Um, so, I mean, it's just a matter of time before that one's done. Yeah, but, I agree uh, with you. Yeah. So, this next series, this is one that I wanted to kind of take up a little bit more time talking about. Um, the Bucks they won game three against the Nets. So now the series is uh, two to one in the Nets' favor. Um, the final score blew my mind in this game. It was 86-83. to It was the final score of the game. And I was watching it, and I was like, there's no way that this is going to end like under 90 points, is it? And I was like, oh my gosh. 
this is one of the lowest scoring games that we've seen in forever. That was because the Bucks finally were playing defense and actually playing good defense. But the problem that I had with this game is so Giannis and Chris Middleton, they scored 68 out of the 86 points that were scored for the Bucks. And in my personal opinion, you cannot win games with that. Like, you had 18 other points that were scored by the rest of your team. There's no way. You can't, you can't plan on holding Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and the rest of that Nets team to 83 points every single game. There's no way that you win another game in the series scoring only 86 points and your bench doing nothing. Drew Holiday doing nothing besides the one clutch basket, which was a good play. I mean, I'll just yep. give him that. But I don't know. When when I was watching this, I was like, this is a good game to win, but I don't see I don't see how you can win like that again. I, in my personal opinion, there's just no way. Because also, more than likely, you're not going to have to worry about Bruce Brown screwing things up and being an idiot. I don't know if you saw that. That was possibly one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Um, Bruce Brown tried to basically take the ball and say, I am the star now. <laughs> he passed up a wide-open Kevin Durant and a slightly open Kyrie Irving and was like, I got this, guys. I'm going to win the game for us. And I was like, what are you doing? Why are you dumb? And it's like, you have the best player in the entire world, Kevin Durant, on your team, and you have one of the best offensive threat point guards in your entire team with Kyrie Irving, and you're just going to go, nah, I got this, boys. Yeah, I think, like, no matter who you are or where, like, even if you have, like, a wide-open lane and you have a wide-open Kevin Durant, you're giving it to either Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving in the last 100%. minutes of the game. I don't care who I don't care who you are. Like, you have to – those are two of the best players in the NBA. You're giving it to one of them, too. Okay, oh, yeah. I don't – especially at the end of the game. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's – Okay, I, I want one thing I wanted to point out. First quarter, Milwaukee scored thirty and Brooklyn scored eleven. Oh which yeah, is nuts. And then in the second quarter, it completely switched. Brooklyn scored thirty-one and Milwaukee scored fifteen. Yeah, like it, it's it just like, just yeah, it was like just back and forth and like some something. Yeah, I, something that I will say is the Nets defense has been super underrated so far during this postseason super underrated like nobody's even talking about it and they're just like yeah it's they're not really doing that well like excuse me like i don't know i just their defense i think has been so much better than what anybody really wants to talk about and i mean i think steve nash is showing that he's actually a good head coach yeah uh, but, I mean, you do have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on their team. I mean, yeah. So that, that helps you a bit as a coach. Oh, yeah. But, Definitely. I mean, it, but talking about the defense, like, Blake Griffin had three blocks. Kevin Durant, four steals. Kyrie Irving, three steals. Like, they're, yeah. yeah, like you said, they're very underrated when it comes to defense. Yeah. You know, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I just don't really see that the Bucks are going to end up doing anything. Um, I, I think that... I don't know. I just think that the Nets are too good, and there's no way that you win another game with only scoring 86, and the rest of your team not really showing up and only scoring scoring 18 points. Like, goodness. Chris Middleton, though, had a great game. Uh, like, I'm not going to take that away from him at all. He had a phenomenal game. But, 
I just, I'm like, there is no way that you can just plan on that <laughs> game in and game out. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I agree. With you. And, I, I think. And I mean, they Kyrie had, they didn't had have a good game. Yeah. And I mean, like, you, yeah. Uh, Milwaukee needs, like, they had no production from their bench at all. Like, yeah. Bobby Portis scored four, and Kenaughton scored two, and then uh, Forbes scored zero. Yeah. And that, that was their bench, and they, like, yeah, n- just literally nothing. And then Lopez scored three, and then P.J. Tucker scored zero. Yeah. They, they need more – they need to – Holiday needs to play better, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think he just needs to play better. Like, he just needs to be, like, at least a third scoring option, you know, for Middleton and, and Giannis. But. Yeah. Yeah, and then, I mean, for the Nets, Joe Harris went one for 11. Like, that is terrible, and that's not going to happen every game. And then Kyrie Irving went 9 for 22 and 2 for 8 from three-point. That's something that you can't just bank on is going to happen game in, game out. And hopefully they're not, you know, planning that that's what the game is going to be like because that's not what it's going to be like at all. But um, I don't know. I The Nets are just so good at, like, everything that they do. So I'm just like, okay, well. We'll, we'll just wrap this up soon, I think. So, um, anything else you want to say about them? Um, no, I think the Nets will win the series. Uh, yeah, that's all. <laughs> same, same. Uh, and then the last series that's currently going on, the Jazz are currently up two zero on the Clippers. Um, and in my personal opinion, I think Donovan Mitchell has officially cemented himself as a superstar in this league, like a like top-tier superstar. Um, I mean, so far in the playoffs, they haven't lost a single game when he plays. And, I mean, he's just going off right now. There was a stat that uh, I know I read off to you, but um, I'll, I'll say it on here real quick. But um, I believe, let me, let me find it real fast. It's about Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Donovan Mitchell has scored 490 points over his last 15 playoff games. The only active players to ever do that are LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Donovan Mitchell. So, to say the least, he's in some pretty dang good company. Um, And, I mean, hey, on the sidelines, he's probably constantly getting coached by Dwayne Wade. So, that's pretty sick. Um, (laughs) But I, I just, I love Donovan Mitchell. He's solid on the defensive side he's an amazing offensive threat even though with his size like you wouldn't imagine that he is that much of an offensive threat Uh, especially in the paint I mean he's a lot more of like a paint threat than what you would think with him being like what like 6'2 6'3 something like that he's not tall but I mean I, I love 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 watching Donovan Mitchell and then I'll just throw this in uh Paul George is still not good in the playoffs so um just thought i'd throw that one in there yeah enough said enough said yeah true true um yeah i mean I, i'm with you i love watching Donovan mitchell play i watched i watched the fourth quarter of the jazz game and i it just it and i think i mentioned this like in a podcast before but like it's just so nice having the fans back like, oh yeah utah, utah the utah fans were so fun to like like ever, especially in the fourth quarter i mean they were like in the last like five minutes, they were just draining threes. I mean, they went on a nice run in the like last few minutes of the fourth quarter to yeah to solidify the win, and that was fun to watch. I mean, 
I, I, I like the Utah Jazz a lot. I, I really hope they, you know, move on and I, I hope they make it to the finals. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I love Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think they got, they got the Utah Jazz have a lot of like underrated players. Like they really Jordan do. Clarkson is very underrated. I love Jordan opinion. Clarkson, dude. Like, so well. Um, Joe Ingles is another guy who's very underrated. Like he's just like great shooter, just like a very like he looks very unathletic, but I think he's like he's yeah. pretty darn good, I would say. And then you have I'm pretty sure Rudy Gobert won defensive player of the year. Yeah, he did. he did. Yeah. And he ha- he grabbed twenty rebounds. I mean he was he looked really good. Bogdanovich is is good. And yeah. then O'Neal's also very good too. So I mean like they they got a good solid Solid team, yeah. um, very very underrated, I would say. Um, and then, I would say, another thing that kind of come I Reggie Jackson played really well too. He did. Um, but and he kind of like, in my opinion, he kind of kept the Clippers somewhat in the game. Yeah, um, he did. He's the, so, the only reason, really. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, I hope Utah. It would be awesome to see Utah sweep the Clippers. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, um, I think it would be too. <laughs> yeah. So, those are all my thoughts on the game. But, yeah. Um, if you want, we can move on to some good old baseball. Yeah. Uh, you can take over, my man, because this is uh, this is all you. Cool. Um, I think. Yeah. So Degrom pitched again last night, and he. They played the Padres again, and they he just again dominated. I watched the game, and. He just, it, it's like a, I don't even know, it, it, it's like a cheat code. The dude's a cheat code. He just, he, it's like, you can't even d- do what he's doing in video games. Like, it's just like, he's absolutely insane. He has a point five six ERA. Um, I don't know if you have that tweet pulled up by that guy with the ERA plus. Uh, yeah. Um, but it's like absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, um, I'll, I'll read it real quick. So a bad ERA plus is 75, an average ERA plus is 100, a good ERA plus is 125. Jacob DeGrom, Jacob DeGrom's ERA plus is 626. Yeah. Which I is mean, stupid. He's so, yeah, he's so good. And then he also drove in two runs um, last night. He, yeah, which is I nuts. Think it was one that said that he has um, he has more RBIs than like runs that he's given up pitching. Yeah, I saw that not too long ago. Absolutely insane. Like the, it really is. The, he has to he has to win the Cy Young. There's there's no one else that can even come close to win the Cy Young. He he if he keeps this up, he will win the Cy Young and it's not it won't even be close. Um yeah. he he did get pulled from the start and that's why the Padres came back and almost won. Um if he stayed in the Padres would have probably just stayed with one hit. I mean, he's ridiculously good. Um, yeah, they, they, the Mets did say that they're not worried about the injury and they're expected for him to make his next start. So that is a good sign for Mets yeah, fans and just baseball DeGrom fans. And, yeah, baseball <laughs> fans in general. It's, it's just fun to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean, the dude, the dude. I saw. I don't know if it was against Tatis, but he threw a ninety-five mile an hour slider. That it like. That is nuts. It's unreal. That is absolutely nuts. That's that is more than like most people's fastball. Like yeah, for real, yeah. Dude's nuts. He averages like ninety nine on the fastball, which is I'm pretty sure is the highest for a starting pitcher, like <laughs> by far. 
Um, anyways, the dude's a cheat code. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna end my man crush on Degrom now. <laughs> Dude, he had, real um, quick, I, I just thought I'd throw this in. He had ten strikeouts and in six innings. Yeah, like that. Oh my gosh! Like, and it's and it's not it's not like it's against like some crappy yeah you know, it, lineup. It's, it's the Padres, who yeah. are one of the top teams in you know the major leagues. Yeah, I was gonna say it's against um, the Padres, who are really good at hitting the ball. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's nuts. He's he's very very good. He'll win the Cy Young. Oh yeah. End of end of conversation. Um, <laughs> my next point is, since I'm a big Padres fan, I like to talk about the Padres. So the Padres offense um, has been a bit quiet this week. Um, they don't have a lot of production out of um, specifically Will Myers, um, who's one of the starting outfielders. I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Padres go after a corner outfielder for the trade deadline. Um, so like... Um, a Joey Gallo or an Adam Frazier or one of those guys um, that's a corner outfielder that can hit. Um, but I do think the Padres have yet to get going. And when they get going, it'll be very fun to watch. Yeah. Um, so I'm not too worried. Um, but yeah, anyways, I just wanted to mention that. Um, but I think the highlight of the week and Major League Baseball has been the the uh, pitcher substance issue that's been going on. So I have seen that. I've se- I've actually funny. Uh, I've seen a lot of that on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's been a like a very big issue that's been going on. So the debate is that um, Major League Baseball has banned pitchers from using um, any substance to help their grip. So mm-hmm. a lot of people use pine tar. A lot of people use like um, it was like sunscreen and something else that they combine like sunscreen and then another substance, and it helps their grip. Um, the debate is that a lot of people, a lot of pitchers use it to have better control, and a lot of batters like appreciate that because they don't want to get hit by a you know ninety eight mile an hour fastball, or yeah. have a pit like a pitcher accidentally throw the ball and the ball slips and it, you know hits them. It, it can be very dangerous. Like the whole yeah. Kevin Pillar situation where he got hit in the face and you know, that can be a lot worse. Yeah. Um, for sure. And so a lot of pitchers, a lot of batters appreciate pitchers who have better grip so that they're able to control the ball better. The other side of that debate is that there's a lot of pitchers out there that use, you know, pine tar and like sticky substances to create more spin on the ball. And a lot of people think that's cheating. So Josh Donaldson came out early in the week and was pretty much calling out pitchers being like, hey, like, don't be cheating um, using sticky substances. Like, and he like, I'm pretty sure he called out Garrett Cole. Um, and Donaldson, I don't, I don't know if he did realize that they were pl- playing against Garrett Cole like a few days later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Garrett Cole heard about it. And Garrett Cole's like not the type of guy to like talk crap on anyone mm-hmm. or like kind of go out like purposely hit guys or anything like that um and so he so then donaldson so then garrett cole like a few days ago garrett cole faced the twins and donaldson comes up to play and he strikes him out easily and Mm -hmm. so and then after a strikeout garrett cole like kind of stares him down and looks at him (laughs) and people are like oh let's go like i'm it was it was pretty hype and then then he struck him out again 
And so that was just fun to watch. I love watching like those type of things, like that type of stuff where like, yeah. I love baseball drama. I love baseball. <laughs> like, I, I'm a huge fan of like, like when like players get super fired up or like, or like when like baseball, like fights, I just love those type of stuff. Um, so it was fun seeing that. Um, so yeah, those, those are my thoughts or those are my baseball points of the week. Um, I don't know if you have anything more to add. Uh, no, not, not necessarily. Um, I, I think I'm good. Um, cool. let's move on. But all right. Uh, we'll go to the NFL. Uh, of course, like what the next day is when Julio Jones got traded right after we recorded. Yeah, that's I was hilarious. like, that's freaking great. Love that. I was actually about to walk into church and, uh, and my phone buzzed like five times and I was like, what is happening? And so Julio Jones got traded to the Tennessee Titans with a six rounder for a second and a fourth. So the second and fourth are getting sent to Atlanta. Julio Jones and a six round pick are going to the Tennessee Titans. So now the Titans have an offense of AJ Brown, Julio Jones and Derrick Henry, uh, which is disgusting. Um, that's, that's just so ridiculous, but, um, I mean, uh, the thing that kind of has annoyed me a little bit whenever it comes to all this is the people that are like, oh, yeah, now because of that, the Titans are now going to win the AFC championship and they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, because of a wide receiver, have you all not seen how bad their defense was and how they didn't really do anything to make their defense better? Like they had a Bud Dupree and that was it. Like. And, and Caleb Farley, who has like chronic back problems, like I just, I just was like, okay, let's let's pump the brake, guys. Like let's just chill out a little bit, because uh, you still have to play defense, and you better hope that I mean, unless they're just planning on outscoring everybody, which I think they probably could do. But I mean, we can always go talk to the Chiefs and see how that worked out for him against you know the. Uh, um, against the Buccaneers but I don't know I, yeah. I I don't know what your thoughts are on it I know we talked a little bit but not too much about it yeah I, I think like well I wanted to ask you a question like do you think Julio Jones is worth a first round pick like do you think like I know there's a lot of people out there that were like oh what? that's such a like um steal for the um the Titans because they didn't have to throw in the first round pick um and then like I, I per me personally I think like it was it was a pretty even trade just because you know it's not like Julio Jones is like 25 yeah years old you know I think like he's what 30 31 or something like that yeah yeah he's, not like he's like yeah he's, he's got he's maybe like close there yeah I, I maybe he's gotten like three years left in him maybe two yeah so um I, I think it, I think it was a pretty it, even trade but I don't know I think that it was and the reason why I think that is uh, I mean, if you look at the DeAndre Hopkins trade, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins got traded for a second round pick and a old, or not old, but an aging running back who kind of fell off a little bit. So, I mean, when I think about it, I'm like, okay, DeAndre Hopkins, I think was better. I think David Johnson is better than a fourth round pick at the current moment. So it's like, especially at the time of the trade. So, and DeAndre Hopkins was younger I think better than Julio is right now. 
personally, just because Hopkins doesn't really deal with the injuries, and I mean he just has been playing out of his mind. Um, so I think I think it was a good compensation. And there was like DeAndre Hopkins. I think he tweeted something out, or maybe he was asked a question about it, and he was like, "I like I thought this was funny, but he was like, I'd love to see a first round pick do what me and Julio do on the field." And I was like, "While yes, that's true." You also have to look at it from like, okay, a first round pick, especially for an aging Julio, is that really going to be worth it? Because what, maybe you get one year, two years of like good to great. And then after that, it's, you know, he's falling off because he's 33, 34 years old. Um, so I, I think it is good compensation for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a good trade. I was obviously really hoping the Chargers would get him, but you know it's whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'll live. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, there's still the possibility that Devontae Adams decides to you know come here next year, since you know Aaron Rodgers is still not attending the Packers camp. Would you look Ooh. at that transition? Ooh, um, right, segue. I don't even know how to spell segue. I thought I did, but it's really weird. Um, it's like S-E-G-U-E or something like that. It's a weird word. Um, but anyways, Aaron Rodgers still not attending the Packers camp. Um, but apparently Jordan Love has been playing pretty well. Not like lights out, but um, apparently there was at, at one point Jordan Love was, I mean, balling out. And he just was completing every pass and it just looked easy. And then an assistant coach at one point got his playbook and he was like fanning Jordan love off, like saying he was too hot and like all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, well, at least, you know, Jordan love feels pretty good about himself right now. Um, and he was asked like, do you think you'll be ready for the season? Like if, if you're asked to start, do you think you'll be ready to start? And it's like, those kind of questions crack me up. Cause I'm like, what is he supposed to say? Nah, Nope. Not ready. Definitely not. <laughs> no, I, I think I need at least another year of sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah. no, no one's going to say that. It just, it cracks me up whenever players get asked those kind of questions. Like, do you think you'll be ready? Nope. Don't think so. Sorry. Like, what? It just, just kills me. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Aaron Rodgers could get traded. He could sit out for the entire year. Um, I mean, the money factor isn't going to be too big of a deal. And also the Packers haven't even fined him yet because they want to stay on his good side for right now. Um, so, I mean, he may not get fined until like the actual regular season if he decides to sit out. So, I, I don't know. I, I hope he just gets traded and I just hope it's Jordan Love time. And, you know, it just move on because at this point it's just annoying and it's going to drag into like every other like offseason thing that they're doing every player is going to get asked about Aaron Rodgers have you talked to Aaron Rodgers have you done this blah, 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 blah. it's just at that point I find that very annoying it's like why why continue this just trade him get him out of there move on and just you know I don't know I could be wrong but that's that's how I think about it at least yeah It'll be it'll be interesting to see where he goes, um, or what he does. I'm excited, and I will just sit back and grab a pop, grab a popcorn, grab pop, 
can't talk. <laughs> Grab a bag of popcorn and hey. sit back and watch it all unfold. There we go. Nice. Yeah. We got words this time. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's cool. not, my, not my forte. Hey, it's all good. Um, but yeah, that's it for NFL. I know we got some UFC, and then I did think of an extra thing, so I'll talk about that uh, after you're done with UFC. Um, I've tried to pay attention a little bit more to UFC, but you still know a lot more than I do. So yeah. go for um, it. Yes. So what I'm just going to do quickly, so I just want to go through like the main card and just like just pick on who, who I think will win. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first fight um, on the main card is uh, Paul Craig versus Jamal Hill. Um, Paul Craig is a big Scottish dude that is just like he showed up at the weigh-ins with like the full-on like William Wallace like half blue face. Like it was the That's most awesome. like coolest thing ever. Um, he's very um, he's a very good grappler. He's very good on the ground. He's a good wrestler. Um, Jamal Hill, he is a very big striker, and he's eight zero in the UFC. So, or he's eight zero in his MMA um, career. So, young up and coming prospect versus a veteran Scottish grappler who's just a bad dude. Um, this is gonna be a tough one. I I honestly don't really know who is gonna win this one. This can go either way. Um, my gut is probably going to go with the uh, the grappler, Paul Craig. Um, mm-hmm. So that's who my pick will be. Um, but I think I'll probably be rooting for Jamal Hill because he's just – I like rooting for the young up-and-comers, especially in the UFC because it's a very hard yeah. thing to do to, you know, be 8-0 and be on the main card. For sure, um, yeah. That would be fun to watch. Um did you want to have any input, or did you just want me to keep going? Uh, I mean, I kind of only have like input on like the actual main event. That's kind of what I okay. got. So. so then I'll, 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 when I get to the main event, I'll, I'll let you have your say then. Change, dude. Um. So the next matchup after that one, um, is the legend grappler Damian Maya versus Bilal Muhammad. Um, Damian Maya is one of the most legendary uh, jujitsu artists in the UFC. Um, the dude's like 41 years old. He's super old, um, but he's just, he's like a leech, man. He, once he has a hold of you, he will not let go. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Muhammad deals with that. Um, he's so tough. Um, Muhammad, he is a, uh, he's 18 and three. Um, he just came off of a weird, um, no contest against Leon Edwards. Um, and he was pretty much losing the entire fight until he got poked in the eye and then they canceled the fight. So, um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how this fight goes as well. It's another like striker versus grappler type of fight. Um, I think, oof, it's a tough one. Um, if Muhammad can, you know, land a few strikes on him early, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Muhammad wins, but if Muhammad can't take him down, or if Muhammad can't defend the takedowns, then it's going to be a long night for, for Muhammad. Yeah. So, this one, oh, this is another tough one. I'm going to go with uh, Bilal Muhammad. That's what I'm going to go with. Um, because Damian Maia, he's very old. So, 
He's 43. I looked it up. Yeah, he's 43. He's so old. Um, but he's but he's beaten some really good guys. Um, and he he has just he could just pull out any submission. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that one goes. I, I I'm excited to watch that one. Um, the next fight is a great great fight. Um, it's Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. Um, yes, that was the Diaz, other one that I liked. <laughs> Oh, it's this is gonna be a fun one because Nate Diaz is a fan favorite. I mean, he's just like a gangster that just like he's a black belt in jujitsu, but he's also just like a just a dude on the feet. I mean, or on yeah, in his striking, he just like walks you down and just like has his hands low and he'll just like slap you around on the feet. And then he can also take you down and he has a lot of submissions. He's a black belt in jujitsu, like I said, so that'll be fun. Leon Edwards, um. He's won, like, I think he's won, like, 12 in a row. Like, he's just, he's very, very super underrated. I think he's, like, the number third welterweight um, in the UFC. So, this will be a fun one. I, I'm probably going to go with Leon Edwards just because he's been the more, um, I mean, Nate Diaz hasn't fought in, like, two years, I think, I or a year say, and a half. It hasn't been a while. Yeah. Um, he, I, he, yeah, 2019. He's off, 2019. Yeah, he's coming off of, like, a... Um, uh, a loss against Masvidal, but it was because he had a cut on his eye. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with Leon Edwards just because he looked really good against Bilal Muhammad until he got po- or he poked the he poked Muhammad in the eye. So I'm going to yeah. go with Leon Edwards. Um, this next one is a good one. It's the flyweight title, um, Davison Figueredo versus Brendan Moreno. Um, they have fought before, and it was a majority draw. It was probably one of the fights of the year. Um, it was super exciting. Um, back and forth. I mean, they were just going at it. Flyweights yeah. are fun to watch, in my opinion. Um, Figueredo is 20-1. and one. Um, And he's, yeah, he's just beaten everyone in the flyweight division. Um, he's really good. He, he yesterday at the weigh-ins, he, you could tell he has a hard time cutting weight. I mean, he, he walks around at like 150, and he has to cut all the way to 125. Dang. Um, and you could just tell he looked on the, he, like when he was on the scale, he just looked like, like a skeleton. Like he looks so dead. Yeah. Um, so, but he, but he's huge. He has a lot of power. Um, Brandon Moreno is a scrappy, just scrappy dude out of Mexico. I, he's one of my favorite fighters to watch. I hope he wins. I'm rooting for Brandon Moreno. I'm not a huge Figueredo fan. He's kind of like a, not the nicest of guys, but you know it's the UFC, so that doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going with Moreno. Um, I think Figueroa has a better chance of winning, but I'm going to refer Brandon Moreno. Um, then the last, uh, the main event on the card is Israel Adesanya, who's one of the pound for pound best fighters in the UFC, um, defending his title, middleweight title against Marvin Vittori. They have fought before, and they went the distance, and it was a relatively close fight. I mean, um, I didn't watch the fight, but I knew... I mean, going to a decision with Izzy is not an easy thing to do. Um, And Vittori's coming off a good win against Kevin Holland, and a very dominant win, and Izzy's coming off a loss. So this will be an interesting one. If, you know, Vittori can take him down... Um, you know, Izzy's had a hard time with, um, wrestlers like Vittori. And so it'll be interesting. 
Um, I'm probably going to go with Izzy. Uh, I know you had some thoughts on this fight, so yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean, more or less just like like Israel Adesanya just is – I've only watched really like a couple of fights, and I have watched I think two of his fights. Um, and like, let me – I need to remember which ones they were, but he's honestly just – a lot of fun to watch and like you said he's one of the best like pound for pound fighters um i mean he has 15 ko's and in his like professional career and he's only fought 21 fights so to say the least he's a very exciting (laughs) fighter and i mean yeah i what was it his his last fight i know he lost um it was a unanimous decision i forgot was he going up weight or down weight in that one? Uh, Israel Adesanya? Yeah, in, the, in that fight. He was going was, up. Okay, um, so that's he, what I thought. He fought, he fought Jan Blachowicz at, at light heavyweight, but he he only weighed in at like 200 pounds. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I remember him. I, I couldn't remember if he was going up or down weight, but I was like, I'm pretty sure it's up weight. And, I mean, I know that was pretty hard for him just because he's, I mean, he's more of the thin, like – you know, just like a quick fighter rather than straight up power. So I was like, eee, that one's going to be a little bit difficult. But I don't know. I, I think this one is fairly easy. If he's fighting, you know, in his normal weight class, and he's, I, I just, I'm like, ooh, okay. Yeah, this one should be pretty easy. Um, yeah, I mean, look at look at his, he's 6'4". Marvin Vittori's six foot. He has six inches on his reach. Yeah. Yeah. Israel's Adesanya's reach is 80, and Vittori's is 74. I mean, it'll be an interesting one, I think. I mean, Izzy's just so good on, on you know, yeah. his stand-up is so good. Like it's everything. so good. So it'll be really fun to watch. Yeah. I, 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 I have Izzy winning, so um, I think that one's fairly easy. Just because, yeah. I mean, I think Vittori's decent, but he's not, he's not, out of Sanya level yet so you know or i don't know if he ever will be but um yeah anything else you want to talk about with ufc yeah yeah just one more thing i just wanted to like mention like a fight to watch on the on all of the whole card so there's just one fight i i is is like a like a exciting like underrated fight that not a lot of people not a lot of people are talking about and it's um on the prelims and it's Hakeem Dawadu, who's a <laughs> Canadian featherweight, against oh god, I'm gonna butcher this name. Mobsar Evloev. Um, these are two up and coming prospects in the featherweight division. Um, this is gonna be a super fun fight to watch. Yeah, uh, very wow. technical fight to watch. Um, Evloev is 14 and 0. He's 4 and 0 in the UFC, which is not an easy thing to do. Um, and Dawadu is 12 and 1. Uh, it's going to be a scrap. I'm excited. That's a, that is one fight that I, you know, is a fun fight to watch. So yeah. that's all I wanted to add. Um, so yeah, it's a good card. Yeah, it is a good card. Um, but just the last thing for uh, just some extra stuff that I'll throw in there. Um, college football playoffs. I don't know if you saw this. Are they're going to be voting to push the playoffs to 12 teams instead of four teams? Um, 
And if this passes, then the top four teams are four out of the... So it'll be... So there's like the Power Five conferences, the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, uh, Pac-12, and ACC. Um, So the top four teams will be the top four seeds, and they will all have first-round buys, and they will be four of the Power Five conference winners. So um, like let's say... I put this in as an example. Notre Dame can never be a top four seed because they're not in a conference, let alone a power five conference. Um, So like Cincinnati, uh, I know they were pretty decent last year. They can never be a top four seed. Um, So anybody that's not in those five conferences, uh, they'll never be able to be a top four seed. Um, So, but they'll always have a first round bye. Um, and there's all or there's also apparently Notre Dame they're contemplating on joining the ACC for football because I think they're in the ACC for every sport besides football and hockey. Um, those are the only two. I don't know why. The only two ones that they're not. Only two sports. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to add that in there. I think that'd be interesting. Um, because that would mean last year Oklahoma would have been a top four seed and they didn't even make the playoffs last year. Um, so that would kind of throw everything off just a little bit. But also there was someone, I think it was on ESPN, they were talking about, they're like, you know, rather than us looking at six teams near the end of the season, like we'll be looking at like 20 teams that could possibly make it. And it's coming down to the wire. So I was like, I like that to me at least, like kind of throws an extra – you know, element into all of it, a little bit more chaos, which is always fun to me. Um, but I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I, I've always been a huge um, fan of expanding the college football playoff. Um, I feel like I've always felt like four teams isn't enough. Um, yeah. Or sure. yeah, it's not, it's not a lot. So um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for expanding the college football playoff. Um yeah, it'll be it'll at least help the Pac-12 as well because the Pac-12 has always missed out on the football playoff. Because... I think besides the first one because Oregon and, and made it, but yeah, and it's also like every year it's the same four teams in the playoff. It's I always think, like I think Alabama, Clemson, yeah. Ohio State, and then one other team. I think that's the reason why they're wanting to make it to twelve teams because they did talk about eight teams, but I think they're like you know let's just expand it to twelve and you know throw in a couple extra teams that don't normally even get a chance, like throwing those like, um, like Cincinnati would have made it and you would have had some like other interesting teams would have made it. Um, so I, I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I actually kind of want to look up what the, the rankings were last year and just see. So like 2020 college football rankings, just to see like who we would have actually seen make it because i think that would have been interesting like we would have seen iowa state be in there yeah uh texas a&m uh iowa they were six and one and they were i know it was a weird year last year but they were ranked number 11 coastal carolina would have made it as like the 12 seed so i i love it because it just throws a little bit extra you know just pizzazz I don't know. Um, But it also gives these other teams, you know, like chances to actually 
do something, make a name for themselves, um, also have, you know, a better scouting program, all that kind of stuff, and have higher ranks uh, of, like, athletes come to their schools. So I, I like it. I think it's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, any, any other thoughts on anything? Nope, that's, that's it for me. That's all right. Me. Well, that'll be it for me, too. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Peace out. Peace.